Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey there, Nationals fans, and welcome to episode four of the Believe in Nationals podcast. I'm your host, Blake Finney. No guest again this week, but we should have guests lined up for the next few weeks after this one, so it won't just be me you have to listen to moving forward. Anyway, this past week, the Nationals faced off against the Cubs on the road before coming home to face the Padres. They start this week by facing the Cubs at home before heading on the road to face the Padres. The schedule makers didn't strain too many muscles to come up with that part, clearly. But it was a familiar story for the Nationals who came away from the week with two series defeats. Though the Nationals felt like they were more competitive against the bad team in the Cubs, they were dominated pretty much from start to end by the Padres, aside from a few innings where the bats caught fire, mostly thanks to Yadiel Hernandez and Joey Manasas to snatch a win and avoid the sweep. The big story in the Padres series, though, was the return of Juan Soto and Josh Bell, both of whom received standing ovations from a louder-than-usual crowd on Friday night and continued to get a good reception all weekend. Though there has been some grumbling from fans about Soto and his decision not to take the record-breaking 15-year $440 million extension the Nationals made earlier this year, an offer that, as we've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast, was definitely below his market value. It was good to see that the appreciation for the 23-year-old trumped any of those feelings and that he got a reception fitting of the generational player that he is. Here's what Nationals manager Dave Martinez said of the reception Soto got. You know, when I first saw Juan, um, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of emotional for me, you know, just seeing him in another uniform. And, I, you know, I was feeling it inside, you know, and then, you know, you start, everything starts replaying in your head, you know, all the you know, the, the good times and that we had together. And, and uh, you know, obviously 19, you know, winning the World Series and, and just him being here, that big smile that he has and, you know, that, that, that kind of joyous, kiddish little look that he, he gave you, you know, it's awesome. I, I can't say enough about, you know, I always talk about our fans, how, you know, they're the 27th man and, and they truly are. I mean, they get it, they understand. Um, and they're still coming to support us, which is which is really, really awesome. So, I, you know, I always appreciate that and I thank them. And I'll, and I'll tell them again that, you know, this, you know, we're going to get better. You know, it's going to take some time, but we're going to get better. So hang in there. I know it stinks, but hang in there. It was also cool to see Soto record a video for Nationals fans at the ballpark too, to thank them for their support over the years. I honestly don't remember a player doing that on his return to his old ballpark in the way that Soto did, and there have been a lot of returns over the last couple of seasons for the Nationals. So for Soto to go that little bit extra felt genuine, as did a lot of his comments before the game, where he talked about how he cried all morning when he found out about the trade, and also sending an envelope to each of the clubbies in the Nats clubhouse, saying how they took care of him so he was helping take care of them. But in all of this, it's kind of understandable when the other player you were traded with was Juan Soto. But it was good to see Josh Bell really appreciated by the home crowd too. He doesn't have the same history with the franchise as Soto. He wasn't here for 2019, which does make a big difference. But in just a year and a half, Bell certainly made his presence felt in the area, both on and off the field, and was a fan favourite for many once he shook off his slow start in 2021. He'll be a free agent at the end of the season though, so the Nationals had to find a way to get something of value for him. Maybe attaching him to Juan Soto wasn't the best way to do it, but it also felt a bit right by Bell to get him to a contender and they did that. Maybe he'll return in the offseason, 
It's unlikely given the rebuild that appears to be ahead of the team. But maybe if his market isn't as robust as he hopes, the Nats could bring him back as a veteran presence and first baseman for the immediate future with not much else in the pipeline at the position. In the meantime, one of those players that is manning first base for the Nationals is the player we mentioned earlier, Joey Manessis. At 30 years old, a career minor leaguer who started his professional baseball career with the Atlanta Braves in 2011, he's toiled in the minors for the best part of 11 years trying to make it to the majors, often spending multiple years at each level of the minors. I wrote a story about it this week and how, in a season of not many feel-good stories for the Nationals with the worst record in baseball and trading away by far and away their two best performers this season. Manessis has been a player that fans have really rallied around in his early days as a major leaguer and identified with his struggle to get to the top of the sport. Manessis' start has also been a topic Dave Martinez has been all too happy to talk about and following the team's series in Chicago, here's what Davey said about his incredible start. It's awesome, and um, and he's, he's working some really good at bats. It really is. I mean, and and we saw we saw what he did in, in, in the minor leagues. You know, um, you know driving the ball, um, but you know he's got a great approach up there. You know, with two strikes, you see him trying to stay on the ball and hit the ball the other way. Uh, when he gets ahead of the count, I mean, he really could juice juice the baseball. So um, he's having a lot of fun out there. He enjoys it. You know, we, it's funny we talked before the game. I said, hey, how do you, you know, how do you like really feel? You know, he said, oh man, this is this is a. Uh, really an awesome place you know and i said i'll tell you something i said any any stadium in the major leagues is awesome just as long as you have that uniform on he goes you are absolutely right <laughs> so uh but it's good to see a man you know go out there and uh, like you like you said he waited a long time and uh he's he's he's, he's getting an opportunity and he's making the best of it in his first couple of weeks as a big leaguer Manessis has a batting average of 400, on-base percentage of 447, and slugging percentage of 829. That gives him an OPS of 1,276 and a WRC Plus of 249 in just 38 plate appearances. He also has five home runs in that span, the fifth coming in his ninth game, and only Trevor Story has more home runs in a player's first nine Major League games since 1901, when Story hit seven during his absurd debut run back in 2016. Manessis' 14 hits are also a team record for the Nationals since the franchise moved to DC in 2005 for the most hits in a player's first 10 Major League games, being out Luis Garcia, Juan Soto, and Ian Desmond, who each had 12 hits in their first 10 games. All of that from a 30-year-old rookie finally making it to the big leagues. Not some highly rated prospect, not an already polished player coming over from Japan or Korea, a guy who grinded his way to the top through years of struggle in the minor leagues. And even despite all the success that's come his way to start his big league career, Manessas has just been playing with a ton of joy, as you'd expect after all the hard work that he's put in, which has made it even more fun to watch his recent hot stretch. Manessas is obviously the headliner, but he's not the only player that the Nationals have given a chance to late in the season to impress. You've got the likes of Ildemaro Vargas, who was signed as minor league depth and has hit okay with the Nationals so far. There's other guys that have latched on with the Nationals lately, like Jake McGee, and most recently Alex Cole, who have both claimed on waivers. Cole even led off for the Nationals in the series finale against the Padres. Some players are getting extended looks as well, like Corey Abbott in the rotation, and Hunter Harvey in more and more high leverage spots in relief. So the Nationals have definitely transitioned their mindset to try new things since the deadline. They may not be very good, but it's at least interesting to see that there are players with something of a fire in their belly trying to prove themselves, even if the talent on the active roster isn't where the front office wants it to be long term. The Nationals hope that the talent will improve, though, and one of the players they hope will be at the centre of that appears to be set to make his Nationals debut this week against the Cubs in CJ Abrams. With Luis Garcia held out of the last couple of games in the Padres series with a groin strain, ESPN's Jeff Passan reported that the Nationals were set to call up Abrams to the majors on Monday, a report that the Washington Post confirmed shortly after. As we talked about on the last podcast, Dave Martinez mentioned that the team was looking at Abrams as the shortstop of the future long term and moving Garcia back to second base. It was just a matter of when 
not if they deemed Abrams ready to come up to the majors. The injury to Garcia, though, may have forced their hand a little bit, but perhaps it gives the Nationals a chance to see how Abrams will handle the majors after struggling to start the year with the Padres. In 46 appearances in the majors with the Padres, Abrams hit just 232, got on base at a 285 clip, and slugged just 320 with two home runs leaving him with a WRC plus of just 74, well below league average as a hitter. He still showed flashes of all the tools that clearly excite the Nationals enough to target him in the trade, but it felt like he was rushed through the minor leagues to some extent, appearing in just 76 minor league games before being placed on the major league roster to start the season, and never spent more than 42 games at any minor league level. Abrams seemingly found his feet again at AAA with the Padres organization before the trade, and was doing solid enough at Rochester since the trade, but he'd only played eight games for the Red Wings, so it's hardly much of a sample size to go on. In theory, this should be the start of Abrams' time with the Nationals, and if he performs to the level that he's capable of, then he may not need to go back down to the minors, and the Nationals can let him adjust to the major leagues at his own pace with pressure off, and flash the talent that got the Nationals so excited about him, and in particular Mike Rizzo when he spoke after the trade deadline. Sure, you know the the bigly component. Uh, Abrams, uh, uh, CJ is uh, you know he's, he's a tooled up, twitchy type of live body guy that uh, that can really run, really play shortstop, very acrobatic and and uh, light on his feet, uh, and uh, he's he's got he's got twitchy hands and and a, a really a quick bat. Uh, we th- we see him as a, as a five tool uh, type of talent. Uh, he could steal your base. He could pl- he stays at shortstop. He's got a good arm, uh, and a guy that could hit at the top top of any any order. I think the identity is is going to be you know we're 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 going to see we're going to see some of these youthful uh, uh, speed, fast, quick twitch type of players coming to coming to the big leagues. Uh, you know, the str- you know, a good team is strong up the middle, uh, and and soon you're going to see a 23 year old Ruiz and, and a 21 year old Abrams and and a and a, a, a Louis Garcia and uh, and a a JoJo Gray and and a Terrence Gore and a and a Cade Cavelli. That's going to be your core. That's going to that's the beginning of, of the core with a bunch of people coming that coming after that. And uh, the, the the plan has been activated. It's been in place. It's it, we we see the, we see it working, uh, and uh, uh, we also see in the big leagues. It's it's not fun. And uh, you know when, when we talk about bumpy roads, it's it's bumpy. I mean, it's bumpy out there, and uh, it's no fun being the GM uh, when you're losing all the time. Uh, I've been through it. This is my 40th year in in uh, professional baseball. I've been through all of it, uh, and it's it's way more fun to to average 92 wins a, a year for 10 years. Believe me. Some may be expecting fireworks early, and there certainly could be with the talent that Abrams clearly possesses. But the realistic scenario is that we get flashes we saw in San Diego with Abrams, and perhaps a little rough around the edges still given his lack of experience in the minor leagues. But if you need something to keep you grounded and not get carried away if he doesn't hit the ground running, the last time the Nationals acquired a speedy, tools-up shortstop from the Padres... Okay, fine. A highly rated shortstop prospect. Sorry, Geordie Barley, you you don't count here, unfortunately. They didn't exactly get off to a lightning quick start either. That's right, Trey Turner's debut in the Major Leagues. He hit just 225, got on base at a 295 clip, and slugged just 325, making sporadic appearances here and there. It wasn't until the following season when he was able to stay up for good, admittedly in centre field, and he took off with a blistering season. I'm sure every Nats fan would take Abrams even reaching, say, 80 to 90% of the type of player that Trey Turner ended up being for the Nationals in his career. So just be patient. Don't overreact to any struggles that may come with Abrams. It's all part of the process for Washington.
That said, it will be exciting for Nationals fans to actually get their first glimpse of the return for the big trade of Soto and Bell. And we may even get a second helping of that with Mackenzie Gore starting to ramp up his throwing a little bit, which could put him in line for a handful of starts with the team in September. On the subject of the rotation, the one last point that I wanted to touch on is that after skipping a turn in the rotation, Patrick Corbin and his 7.02 ERA on the year returned to the rotation in the upcoming series with the Cubs. The Nationals took advantage of the off day on Thursday to skip Corbin's turn and tried to get him to work on things in his bullpen session, which Dave Martinez confirmed and said that he would start again on Tuesday, the second game of the series. Corbin might be down to his last chance or two in the rotation, both with Mackenzie Gore starting to work his way back to being healthy, and with Kay Cavalli really starting to turn things up in AAA of late tossing seven innings of one run ball on Saturday while striking out 11. And that gives him a 1.42 ERA since the start of July, with 35 strikeouts and just nine walks in 31 and two thirds innings. Here's what Mike Rizzo told 106.7 The Fan in DC Sports Junkies on Wednesday about Corbin and what the team hoped to achieve by skipping a start. Yeah, I just think that we're going to, uh, you know, it's so difficult to work on things during the season because you're always in, in constant preparation mode for your next start. And I think this will give them a little uh, time to step back. We can go over, we can, we can really dive into the video and the film and, and uh, you know, give them a chance to do a little uh, uh, tweaking with, uh, with our pitching people uh, in, in, a, in a, not, a less, com- less competitive uh, uh, venue where you can come out of the, you know, pitch, pitch in the bullpen mm. and, uh, and, you know, work on some things and uh, try and uh, try and tweak his delivery a little bit and get, uh, get back on track where, uh, where we need him to be. Confidence is, uh, you know, is a tremendous factor in, uh, in success and performance of, uh, of these athletes. And, uh, uh, it doesn't matter how much success you've had in the past or what your paycheck says or what kind of car you drive. Uh, you know, confidence is, is a fleeting thing. And, uh, and when, uh, when things go bad, it's, it's, you, you have to really dig deep into, uh, you know, into your mental fitness and, uh, and, you know, try and come out the other end of it, uh, uh, you know, still feeling good about yourself. So it's, it's always a factor with all these players. And uh, it's, you know, it's something that uh, we have discussed. He, he has talked to people about it and, uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, we have on, uh, people on staff to do that. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he has taken advantage of that. Publicly, the Nationals have continued to back Corbin. But as we talked about last week, there's definitely been a slight change of tune and one that may lead to a stint in the bullpen if Corbin continues to struggle until he can find something on the mound. It worked for him in Arizona and turned him into the pitcher that the Nationals handed a hefty contract to. Maybe it could again? Who knows? Either way, his start Tuesday will be significant to finding out whether he goes to the bullpen or not. That's all we have for this episode. We'll be back next Monday with another episode and hopefully this time actually have a guest with me to talk about everything Nationals. So we'll see you then. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.